Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 181. Ooh. I'm Chris, and joining me as always are... Ames. Caitlin. And Jake. And this week, we are diving into the start of season four of DS9 with The Way of the Warrior, parts one and two, although on Netflix it's just a single big episode. I'm not sure how they decide when they're going to separate it into two different videos and when they're going to make it one big one. It just seems to be at a whim. It's because it's a two-hour season premiere. Yeah. Oh, did they not? Was it sort of originally aired It originally like aired as one big clump. Then why oh, okay. did they bother calling it part one and two? Well, I mean, call it episodes. They could sell be- more videotapes. Because when they are in syndication and they only have an hour-long slot, they have to split it up and they have to cut a bunch of scenes that I'll tell you about later. Oh, oh interesting. Cool. So what happens? Well, we open up with a big old panic on the DS9, because apparently a changeling has got on board. Ah. Everyone's running around with modified phasers like the uh, end of season three. But, oh, it turns out it's just a drill. It was Odo. And if no it was one real, saw that coming. Yeah, no. And if it was real, Julian would totally be dead. Again. If it was real, he'd be able to have a better face, but go on. (laughs) What? Odo can't do faces like other people. Oh, I thought you meant Julian. I was like, (laughs) I think Julian is stuck with the face he's got, Ames. No, Julian's got a nice face. Yeah, it's fine. So then uh, Cisco's all like, well, time to get my Mac on, as the kids say. No kids. And uh, him and Cassidy Yates are going to have a nice, sexy dinner. But before they can uh, get around to anything, Dax calls up. And in classic Star Trek fashion, instead of saying what's wrong, she's all, you better get up here. And he's like, mother. He's like, no, I'm trying to get up here. Yeah. So he heads up uh, to to Ops. And there's a call from General Martok of of the Klingon Empire. And his uh, funky looking new ship. And he's all, we're here to help fight the Dominion. And... Cisco's like, well, that's 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 great. Uh, thanks, I guess. He's like, can me and my men have some shore leave? And Cisco's like, yeah, of course. But it then, you know, there've been like two or three ships there, and then dozens of more ships decloak. It is, you know, fucking just a massive fleet. Uh, they've even brought back the old TOS style fucking battle cruisers, which I don't think we've seen since Star Trek VI. I don't think TNG ever used them. Well, and that's that's great because, of course, we know how Klingon shore leave usually goes, thanks to the trouble with Tribbles. Ah, but this time it doesn't, because when they're in the bar, Quark's all like, "It's too quiet." You know, it's normally loud in here, and even louder when there's Klingons. What the hell is going on? He's like, "I got a bad feeling about this." Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I forget when exactly this would have happened. I think I skipped it, but we do have at one point uh, some breakfast between Odo and Garrick. And uh, oh Odo is showing off his coffee trick. Oh, God, which is so cheesy. Where, He's so like, pleased with himself. Yeah, I mean, it's nice, though, to try to make his, his dining partner feel a little more comfortable. He makes a glass and fake coffee so he can pretend to drink it. It's, it's you know, it's cute. Yeah, so it that's is, likely how that, 
how that changeling at the in the last episode was able to like fake the blood transfusion thing. The actual important reason for this scene is not sadly Odo's coffee trick. It's letting us know that shit has gone a bit awry on Cardassia Prime. Turns out that they didn't just send a lot of the Obsidian Order on that crazy mission last season. They sent the whole Obsidian Order and it is gone. And the military-led government has collapsed to be replaced by a civilian government. This will be important later. Meanwhile, the Klingons are, you know, causing fights on DS9. One of them beats the shit out of Garrick for telling him to stop being such a prig. That's okay, though. Garrick showed him what for with his cutting remarks and all. He did. He did. Uh, And eventually, you know, they start, like grabbing ships that are trying to leave Bajoran space and, you know, trying to force, like, searches and blood tests on people. And, you know, they make the mistake of grabbing Cassidy's ship and Cisco shows up with the Defiant to be like, I swear to fuck, I will end you. But then they just pop right outside of Bajoran space to start fucking with people. So Cisco's all like, you know, something's up. This is ridiculous. I need help. I know what I'm going to do. And he calls up Mr. Worf who's been chilling out since the Enterprise-D went kerplooey at some Klingon monastery to try to learn to be more Klingon. And a short version is he eventually meets up with some old Klingon warrior who owes his family big and is like, what the fuck is going on? And this Klingon's like, all right, here's the deal. And it turns out the Klingons have decided that the Cardassian government was actually overthrown by changelings, and they're going to go have a big old fuck-off war with Cardassia. So basically all of Kronos, that's what they call their planet, right? It's Kronos. they all just big tinfoil hat-wearing motherfuckers over there? Apparently? Well, at the very least, Gowron and a lot of the military, Well, yes. look at those eyes. I mean, there's mm. crazy in them eyes. Oh, Gowron, he's a delight. I know, I was psyched to see him, I love him. Every moment he's on screen, I'm just like, yay, Gowron's here! I don't even care what he's saying, he's here. So, Cisco calls over Martok and is like, you can't invade Cardassia, you fucking idiots. <laughs> and he's like, mm, I guess I'll go talk to Gowron, and then immediately heads for Cardassian space. <laughs> so, the Defiant shoots over, all cloaked up, even though they're not supposed to cloak up in the Alpha Quadrant, to save the uh, civilian count, government council and Gul Dukat, who is not pleased about any of this. I think you, know, you would th- agree it beats dying at the hands of Klingons, though. Oh, yeah, but he's definitely, like, you know, civilian government, having his ass saved by Cisco. He's, he's just... Ugh. So, they, you know, they show up, there's a bit of a fight, some random woman dies, They zoom on back to DS9, but their cloak has been knocked out, so they're chased by the Klingons, and then every Klingon and their mother shows up, but it turns out DS9 has been installed with a metric fuckton of photon torpedo turrets and phaser batteries. Big fucking battle happens, some Klingons get on board, we get their asses handed to them by, like, everybody. Garrick shows up to help protect the counselors next to Gul Dukat, and probably an attempt to try to curry some favor with the new government. Uh, so finally, Cisco's like, Gowron, this is what the founders want. The Alpha Quadrant in chaos. Fucking don't be stupid. Also, we're kind of kicking your ass. And Gowron's like, yeah, fucking fine, but we're still cutting off diplomatic relations with the Federation. Worf, meanwhile, who earlier had been given the option to say, fuck this noise and join the Klingons in battle, had not. 
and is now banned from the Klingon Empire, is like, I guess I'm gonna go be a merchant marine in this far-off system we've never heard of. And then Sisko's like, nah, I can be on this show. And he's like, okie dokie. And uh, that's, that's basically it. All right, and we've run out of time for our podcast today, so next week on A Star to Steer Her By... No, it wasn't that bad, considering it was a two-parter. It was Listen, it was slow to start, but, you know, he booked it through the rest yeah, of the yeah, important yeah. info. We, we yada 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 some of, some of the stuff in the middle, but we're good. What well, was this random there, woman who died? That. Oh, there was just a random red shirt who's not a red shirt who died on the Defiant. Yeah, the thing she got blew her up in her face. Off. Yeah, I... I sure. Don't know why I mentioned her specifically. I did find it, it was funny, a though. Very that... important. Well, because she point. was our only death, wasn't she? I'm sure. Well, no, but also there were millions of Klingons and Cardassians. Yeah. I know. It's the only one we saw. For oh, sure? yeah. And the Klingons are like, we're not giving back some of these colonies we took over. Forgot about that. Yeah, I'm sure that's important. They're for a, for a show the called The Way of the Warrior, the Klingons fucking got their asses handed them super easy. Yeah. They are the worst warriors. Jesus. Should have been, like, the way of the Confederacy or someone I mean, it's, else is a bunch of losers. It's one thing to get your ass handed to you by another Klingon or even Jetzia, who we've seen is fairly competent with a Batleth, but, like... Jetzia's gotten her ass handed to her every time she's been in a Batleth fight, too, though. Still, I, I'll, I'll, give, I'll even give them that, but, like, you know, fucking... Julian is sneaking up on some of them. I know. I was, I was so expecting, like, because he does the whole, I've shot somebody... And all of a sudden, like, there's, there's no one, like, right behind him, ready to spring. He was able to give, like, the whole thumbs up, I helped, without any consequences. Yeah, yeah. maybe it was just, like, you know, it's been so long since they've had a good battle that they just, they don't know how. They're going to you know, practice just gonna, on the Cardassians. They're just going to keep c- turning down corridors and just one by one getting picked off as they turn the corner by, by Garrick. I do feel like this is one of the biggest fucking kerfuffles we've ever had on this show. Oh, like, almost. In gen- not just DS9, like, the huge number of ships, the absurd number of hand-to-hand fights, it I know, was this, uh, this, this crazy. Two-part, uh, this two-part premiere, like, it reminded me so much of how a movie is structured, too. Because, you mm. know, because it's a two-parter, they're able to, like, stretch a budget for two episodes into one big episode, effectively. So yeah. they're able to have all the extra money to do all these battles and stuff. But for some reason, the whole time, like, by the end, and everything starts kind of wrapping up, and all the bows get cro- get tied up, and all the eyes get dotted, and all this thing. It's like, this felt like a movie. That's weird. Yeah. I don't normally say that about episodes. No, but you're right, it did. Right, it was, yeah. The scale was pretty big. Well, they um, wanted the scale to be really big, because I know, like, the, the network was like, Guys, you gotta change things up. We're we're not doing great right now. Let's stir the pot a little bit, and you guys figure out a way to like make things different. And they're like, okay, we could we could add Worf. Their their first idea was to have the Vulcans leave the Federation, which never goes anywhere. But they yeah. decided Why? to bring the Klingons back to stir things up. I don't fucking know. But, but like, did they say what the justification would have been? Well, the Federation is a bunch of assholes. Yeah, but they're one and of the so founding the members. Yeah, like yeah, but they're judgmental pricks, and they don't want to be like associating with humans because humans are fucking idiots. Yeah, I feel like whatever reason they would have come up with would have felt stupid. So that was a bad idea. Yeah, it also probably would have been bad timing. What with the Dominion War coming. Yeah, in. yeah. Well, yeah, but I could imagine that something like that being orchestrated by 
the changelings. True. You know, you like if the a changeling could was be tricked by changelings. Absolutely. If one Ooh. of the if one of the Vulcan leaders was a changeling, that'd be interesting. They could do that for sure, hundred percent. So were they always going to go for war? For they like. Did they, did they like, kind of sit there and stare at a wall of TNG actors and then throw a dart? Well, I know that they were specifically thinking about bringing the Klingons back and destroying the Kittimer Accords, mm. um, which we, we remember from Star Trek VI, mm-hmm. as a way to shake things up a bit. Because that, there was that line in the Dias cast where I think it's the, the changeling people or somebody is saying like well the only the only people who still pose a threat are the federation and the klingons and that Mm. won't be for much longer and they're like hey speaking of klingons we should do something with them so Mm. they spent a season and a half now working on klingon stuff and apparently we're basically going to press pause on the dominion the dominion plot for a while Hmm. or so you think do i think dominion is as as though the dominion isn't Getting their fingers into these little pies. In yeah, like, ways. I'm sure if anyone stoked the paranoia of the Klingons, you know, I, it was probably a, a Dominion plot. I mean, for all we know, like, that, the you know, the, the Dominion orchestrating the Klingon attack, and, you know, that could be right, and... The coup on Cardassia could also have been orchestrated by... That's true, just because like, the counselors are all... for all we all, know, they're pulling yeah. all of these strings... I'm- I'm hoping Gowron is now a changeling. <laughs> Gowron. See, now but, I missed entirely that there was this big coup on Cardassia. It's because they, they told us about it, but they didn't ever show us anything. Exactly. That's why I, where I really fell apart. Yeah, they felt, talked about it like, a lot. Yeah, but they talked it away. They never showed us anything interesting until Dukat pops up on screen and they're like, wait, you're in the civilian government? And he's like, yeah, I am because I'm so fucking great. And I'm like, oh, this was a thing that we were supposed to have, like, understood from all the talking, but never got to really see any of it. I mean, I how would you I've have seen it? I've come to give myself the rule where if Garrick is talking about it, I should probably take notice. Yeah. That's my rule for myself. I don't know. I feel like they could have shown some stuff on Cardassia if they wanted, or, or maybe it was just maybe that it was too thin a plot that they realized, okay, we got the, we got the Klingons here. Who are they going to attack? Cardassia. Okay, Why? Uh, let's change everything about Cardassia in the first five minutes of the show and explain it away in a line. Yay! I mean, I guess it made sense to me. Like, it hadn't occurred to me, but, like, you know, no, it the makes... disaster of that assault no, would probably makes... shake things up. It makes total sense. I just wish they had established it better. Yeah, but the thing is, is if they had done that, we would have lost something else, and then at the beginning of this episode, you wouldn't have said, wow, it was so nice and everything was wrapped up, it read like a movie. We'd be like... Man, they really needed to, like, not rush through X, Y, Z. They could have cut those fucking scenes from Cardassia. We didn't really need to see that. Like, oh, or the Holosuite stuff. Yeah, oh, and yeah, the Holosuite stuff was so stupid. I forgot about that till right now, which is why it wasn't in the uh, summary. Yeah, and as I said, like, they're, when they split this episode up into, into two episodes for airing, they cut those scenes. They cut the Holosuite episodes where Jedzia and Kira are taking a bath. They cut the, uh, the, the scene where O'Brien and Bashir are eating peas. And they cut the scene where Quark realizes his d- disruptor is missing. Which is a shame, because it was a really great That's line. Yes, that was that. a great scene. I liked mm. that. The others could go. <laughs> I'm gonna kill him! With watch. Yeah, yeah. good line. No, so fun. beautiful. Yeah, but um, Ivan Stephen Bear fought to keep, when they, when they do these having to cut scenes thing, they, he fought to keep the root beer scene. 
Hmm. which is a wild scene that they had to add later because the, the two-parter was running short, so they added that. Yeah. I oh, see. I think the root beer scene is, is one of the best scenes it's in Quark Star Trek. It's Quark and Derek doing their doublespeak thing. Oh, yeah, they're so again. cute. And it's, it's extra funny because when Shimmerman and Robinson first read that scene, they were like, what the fuck is this scene? This is stupid. Because it, it read like it wanted to be comedy, and the director wanted to make it just a comedy scene. And they say, no, no, we're going to play against that when they rehearse it themselves. We're going to play against that and just go for, it's 100% subtext. Yeah, no, if that had been played for last, that would have been a bad scene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, also it's, they're it's, in the it's middle of really the subtext, though. It's, it's, it's not, it was not subtext. I mean... When they're when they say the subtext and then they say just like the Federation. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's no more subtle than some dresses are out of fashion and <laughs> dangerous. I think that television, primetime television or whatever, it's probably they're probably trying to let the common or the lowest common denominator people figure it out, right? I mean, Garrett, but- I need my measurements taken again. Uh-oh. Wink. Yeah, that's. Oh, see, I thought that was, that was good, though. I like that, that. Was yeah, it was kind of nice to see. Like, all right, Garrick has been kind of like using us for years. Let's return the favor. Definitely. Like that was. I forgot about that in the. Uh, in my intro, because I honestly, again, kind of forgot that scene. You don't need yes. to tell us every scene that you missed in the in the intro, Chris. No, I know, but that was an important one that I missed. Not Unlike really. the Holosuite I mean, like, stuff, not, which not wasn't that important, though, right? What I liked was, you know, when uh, Quark's bitching about, oh, I'm not going to be able to sell this booze anymore, and Carrick's like, yeah, I'm sorry that the destruction of my planet is uh, inconvenient for you. That was good. It mm. was good. It is kind of sad that they lose the pee scene, though, just because, like, that's where basically you get to see a lot of Quark being like, dude, sun's up. And like, he ends up being right in the end. And it's, I don't know, just so rare that we get to see that, you know, there is a, an aspect of cleverness to Quark because he is mm-hmm. so often goofy. Well, I just feel like there probably wouldn't be anything else worth cutting except maybe, you know, 10 minutes of fight scene because there's so much fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. And that well, was probably. Know- so when this episode first aired, it was really hyped. I remember because we, you know, my family, we didn't religiously watch Deep Space Nine like we had Next Generation. But uh, like it was a big deal when this episode aired. Now, did they hype that Worf was coming back or was that a surprise? I don't I honestly don't remember. All I really remember was that family friends who we didn't even see all that often had a big watch party at their house. Wow. Uh, and we went to that. And I remember, like, the scene with all the Klingon ships flying in in formation. And I was just like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. So I think that they probably did want to prioritize the action scenes in this because that was kind of the selling point of the show. Was like, I imagine they spent a shitload of money on them. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I read that for the big space battle, they bought up a whole bunch of those um, toy ships Mm. and model ships, which they blew up filled with explosives and glitter. And also (laughs) a whole bunch, a whole bunch of bird of prey, bird of prey. Is that the one? The Klingon one? That's the one with the little wings? Yeah, with the wings. Yeah. Um, They bought a whole bunch of their uh, Christmas ornaments, (laughs) which is just (laughs) adorable. That's That's really, that's really clever because then you can do forced perspective really easily. 
Yeah, I mean, but they do that type of stuff. They they always do that. It's great, you know, like the model builders design these ships and build like these studio production models and then, you know, the toy companies and the yeah. Hallmark, you know, ornament company and all these other ones, you know, they're just copying that design and then it, it kind of comes full circle. Well, it's yeah. nice that we Was have it... another another bit of footage of a Broda Prey exploding for, for finally. finally. <laughs> yeah, right. But but yeah, no, there's been like they've used the toy models before, but I think this is the first time we have them using like a Christmas ornament. Like that's a new layer of mm. uh I like that. I don't think they ever use the micro machines in okay. Future. Right, a shit. Those sons of, of those. bitches, though, those ornaments would be worth something nowadays. They blew them all up. <laughs> Actually, no, it's because they blew them up that they're they're scarcer, so they're worth more. So really, we I should think, thank them. I think my family. I think we have in our attic somewhere a uh, bird of prey ornament. Let's fill it with glitter and explode it. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. They actually, at a time of recording, they very recently announced the launch date of uh, Lower Decks, the the new Star Trek cartoon. And uh, you know, on a website, on a Facebook group, people were like, "What is that ship?" And it is an ugly little fucker. But what I appreciate about the design is it has the feeling of one of those, like, kitbash models. Probably what they based it on. They probably which, actually based it on a physical model which someone built, and then they they ran it into the computers or something. Maybe. But, Can I just uh, say that I have, I have never not been excited about something Star Trek? Like, they could tell me that there was going to be, you know, Captain Riker's stamp collecting adventure hour i would show, watch that you know as a, as a series and i would be all over that shit but i am so disinterested i cannot bring myself to be excited or remotely interested in lower decks i i, I don't i don't know i mean and it's the rick and morty connection is well the rick and morty connection for one thing uh and, and i don't know it's just i i've seen the photo the pictures of it. i read an article about it and they were describing like one of the jokes. Um, oh, oh, never no. describe a joke. I was say, it's always that good when you have joke. to explain a joke. That's, that's like, the funniest joke. Oh, <laughs> we want to see what the guy that works behind the replicator does. You know, like he brings the food to the replicator. <laughs> that, that, is that how replicators work? No, it's some stupid cartoon joke that they're probably... Oh, no. you know, like someone some... restocking the milk at a supermarket. That's dumb. Yeah. I mean, and the I just read that. It... I'm like, nope. Not for is me. like there hasn't been a trailer yet, which is worrying. Probably because it's garbage. It looks to, like garbage. Because you're supposed to put your best gags in the trailer, and they have no best gags. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, you like, know what? Let's just keep them waiting. But yeah, like like literally, the show premieres in I think a month, and we've had nothing about it, which is why they're, the announcement. They're that probably was... trying to do like as under the radar as they can. Honestly, yeah. if I were them. But like I said, the, my whole reasoning though. They, for bringing it up is just again like the ship is hideous but i appreciate that it does look like an afterthought tng model based on sort of what the themes of the show are i'm guessing Fair. it doesn't look like a big dong like the new klingon ship that we saw this week was. it actually it looks like it looks kind of oberthy if i remember what i there saw. are aspects of that it's basically a galaxy style dish and um what's the word fucking deflector dish Thing, but they're connected by like yeah there's pylons straight down from the saucer that connect to nacelles and then the nacelles have the like engineering just, just, section between them just go on our facebook page we posted it there we did but yeah. Go, yeah. go google below decks you can see for yourself yeah. don't, Lower don't decks. describe it 
Uh, well, no, Caitlin brings up the, the Negvar, which we see this yes. week. But we've actually seen one of them before because it was oh, in yeah. the future in All Good Things. Oh, was that oh, that's uh, clever. Worf's ship. No. Uh, I don't know. Was it? I, I was asking. What oh, was the question? Uh, I believe so. Oh, I think yeah, it was, was it a question. Was Sorry. Yeah, what I believe that's question? right. I missed it. Was it Worf's, was it Worf's ship? ship? Oh, oh, from the I future? thought you said it. It's Worf's ship. I also thought you were making a statement, Jake. Yeah. Open your mouth a little wider when you talk, <laughs> my friend. Well, you know. Well, we also were kind of all talking at once when he asked. I know. I'm just busting his balls. I love him. Jake knows I love him. Jake, you know I don't mean it. I hate you. <gasps> That's fair. Eat shit. <laughs> now it's all good. I will say, while the holodeck scenes are painful and stupid and dumb and I hate them. I did enjoy Nice, nice hat. hat. I was hoping Good to tea. also comment nice on yeah on the uh right on the uh bleh, bleh, space station as well. Mm-hmm. There, there, a nice hat. Nice hat. Good, Good station. Good space station. See uh I saw um Jadzia getting a little moist whenever she's around Worf, Guys, huh? Every time. It's, Why? It's... Boys! Why? Boys. Like, she's lived seven lifetimes. She's got all this stuff going on that she's this great past. Why? Every time she sees a dude, a viable boyfriend type dude. Being fair, to do this? being fair, in this case, she's lived seven lifetimes, but she's never had it with a Klingon. She's, and they can I get you know. in both holes at once. I was going to say, she's never been have. DP'd by a Klingon. I was literally just. All right, she's never been with a Klingon as a woman. Yes, Curzon maybe. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell because I know we're going to see lots more of Worf and Jedzia doing their thing together. Blech. But just Jedzia just deciding we're gonna do the fight thing that I've already done with Koloth before to prove how badass I am, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking fall on my ass from it like I did with Koloth. <laughs> Don't take exactly. it easy on me. <laughs> exactly what Jeez. happened before. Well, you know, it's like uh, it's classic. I would say something that's outdated and sort of sexist, and I don't actually mean it. But, you know, it's that classic girlfriend thing where it's like, no, don't go easy on me. And then they get mad because you win. <laughs> alternately, alternately, she throws the fights because that's the easiest way to get a Klingon on your side. Well, that's a good I was idea. just going to say, she just she just wanted Worf to put her on her back. Oh, boys. Although, on the other hand, I feel like if she did manage to win, that would also be a level up on respect. I don't know. Mm, yeah, it's hard to say with a Klingon. When they're in a poopy mood, you let them win. And yeah, I don't know. clearly in a poopy mood. Making, you always let the Wookiee win. Making Worf lose when we're trying to establish that he's this badass who we brought in specifically true. for this thing. I feel That's like true. it should have been a stalemate is kind of what I might have preferred. Either a stalemate or they get cut off in the middle because something's on fire. Or he's winning and she shouts, computer, barrel, and a barrel just... <laughs> Yay! Comes in from the there ceiling. There goes that spine again. Oh, I do always. I really, really love that Worf is just fucking off without Alexander even more. It's amazing. Yeah, but yeah. who was that kid in his picture that he was yeah, looking at? Because no, that, that wasn't Alexander. It's te- teenage Alexander now. He's, Bullshit. They grow exponentially, yeah, and but- the closest Worf will allow Alexander to him is in picture form. He's not really also- even in that picture. He had to Photoshop him in so he didn't have to actually <laughs> spend time with him. The software is uh, really good in the future. As a quick aside, my Echo, which I always forget to mute, lit up when I said barrel after uh, computer. Why? Cancel. Because it. I have it set to respond to computer because I'm a nerd. Oh, I thought it responded to barrel. No, no. Why no. would you do that, though? Because 
you're gonna like anytime you say computer, it's you're gonna be annoyed. I don't say it that often, but I always forget to mute it before watching Star Trek, which is a problem. You could anyway, change it to but, respond to Alexa, which is a much which is a word you're much less likely to hear. No, there, what there's what there's an, it to be changed to is hello computer. That'd be good. But anyway, I may wind up with a barrel in the mail in the next two days. I'm not sure. Don't get hit by it, Chris. I'll do my mm. best. Yeah, no, dude, you have no chance. You I don't have an extra it. spinal. Barrel one, Chris zero. I do like that they were just like, oh, he's um back on Earth with his grandparents, even though we previously established that wasn't working, but I guess now it is. I don't know. Fuck him. He well, he got expelled from Klingon school for being too lame, so he's back there now. Yeah, and he's much went to happier on Earth. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but Ooh. instead of an Alexander, <laughs> Michael Dorn specifically requested that he get his own Mechleth, which is oh, his, yeah. his one blade thing. Nut, his, yeah, his little oh, he never had one half okay. Batleth. That's I funny. like that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I gotta say, like... I was sort of the reverse of Jake, where by the time I started watching other Star Trek, because I was introduced to it by reruns of TOS by my uh, grandmother, like, by the time I started watching other Star Trek, TNG was winding down, and DS9, I think, already went on for a year or so. So even though from that, I was really very used to Worf on DS9, coming back to it, like, in order like this, after having watched all of TNG... If when he first shows up, it is actually a little weird. You're like, it's that guy from TNG. This is strange. He is familiar, but his surroundings are clashing. I don't understand. Yeah, so, I do give uh, the writers a lot of credit, because the writers are so very good at character work, except for yeah. Jadzia, but we'll get to that. Uh, maybe well, she'll get better now that Well, you have to have a character around. to work on. To, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's the problem with Jadzia. Yeah. They, they, I mean, it's their own damn fault. They didn't. They yeah. haven't made Jadzia into yeah. a character. Her, her character is boys. And I'm a trail. Yep. But I know they're going to do a lot of very interesting stuff with Worf as we come along. Because it's not just, you know, TNG where everyone's relatively static. Mm. Uh, give or take, I don't know, a Wesley Crusher or two. Yeah. Um, but here I know we're going to see a lot of, you know, more struggling from, from Worf. Being like, I don't know if I belong in Starfleet anymore. That's pretty fun. I, I like it. so hard to get my family's honor back, and now I just kind of fucked us. Damn it, Gowron and your I mean, eyes. I mean, Kern's not going to be happy about not that. Not at all. Gonna oh, he's going to lose his job. From him. House oh, is going to get repossessed. Yeah, Lynn's gone. Oh my god, okay. A buddy comedy with his brother, Kern, and, uh, and Rom. <laughs> <laughs> on adventures together plotting against their shitty brothers that's cute that's fun there's one episode where they go and actually kidnap alexander and Worf's like eh. <laughs> <laughs> no i, th I think him. alexander should be part of that team trying to kill Worf. <laughs> um, some of their plots should have a hope of working out you can't put alexander into that mix and expect that's that. fair <laughs> That is actually, I thought this when I was watching the episode, it is appropriate that the character they bring over is Worf, who's like sort of the only character who had, like Worf's kind of whole background was, was the closest TNG ever really came to serialized storytelling, because like, there was all this kind of continuity, like oh, yeah, his stuff his honor, kept yeah. coming up, and so I guess it's sort of appropriate that now that character is now coming into the show that has pretty heavy serialized elements. Yeah. Right, that's kind of an interesting observation. Yeah, if they picked anyone else, they probably just would stay being the same character and getting stuck in that stagnant role again. Or they'd, like, alter so drastically, you'd be like, is this even still actually Crusher or whoever? Well, they yeah, could take Ro. Ro would be cool, but yeah, as, Ro we, as we've Ro said, work. fucking Michelle Forbes blew her, blew her chance. 
almost said blue or load. That's not right. Yikes. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why Worf and, you know, I think your example of Roe kind of proves this. I think the reason Worf works so well is because he's a good source of drama. Yeah. You know, all the other TNG characters are all kind of goody two-shoes, and they're just going to, you know, do their job. But Worf is conflicted. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he would also have very different relationships with all the existing characters than any other character would. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm I'm interested to see what Worf does on this show. I'm interested to see what the rest of the characters do on this show. But I did read that, you know, they basically stop having, like, a lot of focus on the Dominion for quite a long time because of this. Which is a little weird. I have a question. Is this our most diverse main... main um... Holy shit, yes. wow. <laughs> is Voyager this most... is incredibly diverse. Well, we haven't got there yet. That's but Because I know it's Voyager. That's with um, Chakotay, right? Yeah, and Janeway. Uh, Chakotay's a bad yeah, example. Chakotay's a step in the wrong direction. Well, I don't know Chakotay. I'm just, I know that they're Ch- a... Chakotay is a Native American yeah. being played by a non-Native American. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Robert Beltran is Hispanic. Yeah. Wait, but you said Janeway. Is Janeway not Caucasian? Janeway, Janeway's quite white. Oh, okay. But she's our first female captain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I was thinking more like um, racially. Yeah, you got Harry yes, yeah. That's a good point. Belana Torres. Yeah. But yeah, we'll get um, the Voyager in a couple years. But this show, yeah. I feel like the one thing we're missing is a lot of female characters, because I keep realizing we have two. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of them is just, I mean... <laughs> say, we, we have two, and only one of them has been given real development. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. No, no Asian characters... Keiko. Um, you got Keiko. Yeah, well, she's Molly? not really main, not main cast though. Yeah, no, no, no that's main true. cast. Like, like Sulu was our last main and, uh, cast. There's a Asian there is character. a fella coming up though, right? In one of the shows. Yeah, Voy- Voyager. Has yeah, Voyager has Harry, Harry Kim. Kim, that's right. Um, and I like Harry Kim. Oh, and I know we talked about this a few weeks ago, but this is where the credits switch from Sitting Alpha Deal for Alexander Sitting. Hey, I happen to have the quote right in front of me. Oh, good. Quote, uh, in my big DS9 book, had the actor, actor grown tired of hearing his name mispronounced on a daily basis? Quote, my name was a little confusing to people, and not just the audience. Casting directors are much more incapable of remembering one's name than the audience. And producers can be handicapped in that too. The name said too much about what I wasn't. Sidig El-Fadil is an important name. It's my name officially on my passport and all that, and one that I will keep. But for an actor, it really wasn't so suitable. So I started again with half and half, which is more reflective of my character. And as for Alexander, well, that was just a name out of a hat. He wanted to name himself after Worf's son. Yeah, that's a really diplomatic way of saying these racist fucks kept trying to cast me as a bad guy and I was sick of it. Or like working at some stereotypical job, you know? That sucks. Yeah, It does. It does. I like to think um, that that wouldn't happen now, but it probably yeah. would. What I'd love, what I'd love to have, what I'd want to know is him saying it now. You know, decades later, less diplomatically. <laughs> what I'd like is for him to switch back officially and be like, "Suck it, motherfuckers," because he's still working and he's still pretty well established. Yeah, he was yeah, in Game of actually, Thrones. Yeah, that's played, right. I keep forgetting he was yeah, in he, Game of Thrones. He, he was in Gotham fu- too, his, right? His fucking plot line though was so lame in that show. Yeah, but his plot line is lame in the book. Yeah, but he shows up in the show for 
10 minutes yeah. or less of Perfect. screen time. He's so boring in the books. I, I forget Ooh. which of the many DC series that are concurrently running it is, but he was the first non-white guy to play Ra's al Ghul. It was Gotham, wasn't it? Maybe. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was Gotham. I feel like you've said that maybe before. Yeah, but I, I bet he'd be a good Raz. Um, oh, a part of the reason, though, I think that the, the yellow shirt who dies sticks out in my mind is because her console explodes, she is killed, but the console is fine. Like, Worf goes and uses her console. Yeah, Worf. I thought like, it was so a what console blew up? off to the side. I, no, I think it was a different one than he was using. I think there was, I think if oh, you look, okay. there was, like, one off to her right oh, okay, that blew and up, what, and that's maybe, why she kind of got maybe blown they accident, Maybe they put all the glitter in her by accident. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, what they don't tell you is that uh, that that extra actually died while filming. Oh, God. It was a tragic accident. Oh, uh, Ames. Hi. Did any of your research turn up? Like, did they fuck with the makeup in this episode or something? Oh, yeah. Like Garrick who's... looked a little strange, didn't he? Garrick looked a little weird. I felt like Odo's, like, forehead lines were way deeper than usual. Kira's nose ridges seemed more shallow. I don't yes, remember. Yes, I noticed her ridges too. And, like uh, everything, yes, everyone looked a little hair wrong. Like shit. Yeah, like, every single Cisco's one hair. People, What's up with that, huh? <laughs> well, okay, fine, except for Cisco. But every like Kira O'Brien, they both look like they have also been living through three months of quarantine. They're bushy and messy. I was like, what is happening? I, yeah. O'Brien I, had a fucking mullet growing. I did not like the mullet because no one looks good with a mullet. I thought Kira's hair looked good. Even though, even though the the holodeck stuff was stupid, like the the fact that she knocked out Lancelot? Sir Lancelot, I that love it. That I was, was playing a married woman. That's really cute. <laughs> that I, that was this, the, the. Let me rephrase it. The first holodeck scene is oh, kind of dumb, completely pointless. That first scene, but it does set up the amusing. I punch Sir Lancelot and nice hat. Yeah. Plus, they yeah. Also, to call back to you know how Kira never uses the holodeck, right? You know, like, that was yeah. a huge plot point in that creepy episode. Yeah. Unless Jadzia forces her, evidently. And, and it, I feel like you... Did it sound like Jadzia was basically saying, let's get fucked in the holodeck? Absolutely, like, that was the subtext, yes. right? I mean, yeah, but here's the thing. We've always, <laughs> we've always known the holodeck, holla suite, whatever, is for fucking. For fucking. Like, yeah. it's for fucking and kayaking, and that's it. They only came fucking up on with a kayak. Ki- they only came up with kayaking after they were sick of fucking. Yeah. They had done all the fucking they could imagine and thought, ugh, you just want to go kayaking or something? <laughs> oh, I don't feel like fucking a kayak. Jesus. <laughs> I don't feel um, Like, you know, it's like, it's a holodeck. We have fucked every possible way, every possible thing. I don't know, man. I am bored of sex. We, we have broken I can galactic know, records of fuck. I can come up with given. some pretty ridiculous scenarios. I can no longer get a, done them all. <laughs> I can no longer get a boner from ever anything because I've grown bored of everything. God, that's I the, guess we'll kayak. That's the real danger, honestly. It's like how when people have to step up their porn. Like, imagine mm. if, if you could literally do anything sexually that you wanted to. It would just like, take more and more anything to get you even remotely fisting aroused. With Hulk hands. Humanity would just, we would go extinct, I think. It would be like it, how it, rats will keep pushing the orgasm button rather than eat food. Have you heard about mm, that experiment? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's how people would be. That Wait, would be that, no was with, that was with rats and not with people? Uh... Yeah, but if they could come up, okay, here's the guy that's going to make millions is the guy that figures out how to make it so you can absorb food in the holodeck through your anus. Because then they'll just make it so that anything that you're being fucked by 
is actually also feeding you at the same time. This has gotten to a bad place, and I'm going to change yes, the subject. Jake was, yes. I guess Jake was being honest when he said he could think of some weird fucking scenarios. Listen. Good on you, Jake. You listen, eat wrong. through your asshole. We're taking a fucking left turn. Uh, we mentioned Avery Brooks's uh, shaved head, yep. and that was per his request um, mm. because it's more comfortable for him. But I guess the producers initially wanted to make sure he looked different from his character on Spencer for Hire. And huh. when the writers or the or whoever came to the, went to the producers to be like, "Hey, Avery wants to shave his head. Is that okay?" They were expecting a big fight, but then the the, the network's just like, "No, that's fine. Go ahead." Yeah. Uh, fuck. What else happened this episode aside from everything? A lot of things. So many things. I liked when uh, Julian was treating Garrick after he got his ass beat. Oh, yeah. And he said, you know, Garrick had some good stuff about, you know, well, they only hurt me. I'm already I'm already mostly healed thanks to you, Sweetums. But uh, I, I gave them some cutting barbs and, you know, they won't soon forget. His delivery on that. It was so beautiful. Good. They were and flirting then, so hard. And oh, then yeah. Julian, I don't remember exactly, oh, Garrick was like, oh, this was a thing that I thought was going to go somewhere this week. So Garrick's like, you know, maybe they thought I was someone else or maybe they just don't like me. And Julian's like, someone not like you? Impossible. And Garrick's <clears> like, I know. Uh-huh. But he said, like, maybe they thought I was someone else. And it was kind of like... Chin strokey. So I kind of was waiting for like something because he also mentioned, didn't he also mention in that scene or some other previous scene that there had been Cardassian occupation of Kronos or vice versa? So maybe there was a score to settle there. There'd been some kind of 18 year long conflict over the something nebula. I missed the name. It was a throwaway line. I kind of wondered if those two things were going to be, you know what I mean, though? Garrick was somehow involved, or Elam was somehow involved, and, like, maybe they were mistaking him for someone else, a.k.a. Elam and his yeah, past Yeah, when, 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 but then when we figure out, you know, why they attacked him, the, you know, the real reason, it makes more sense, though. I think that yeah, that they, was, like, to throw us off. Because they're giant racists? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're just mad at Cardassians. Yeah. They're on their way to, to kill all the Cardassians, so... Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's also... It's a little bit just they had so much stuff going on that they had to just kind of plow through it. I know. Like, I, just, honestly, I just really was expecting something good. Yeah, like, honestly, like, there wasn't actually a big ton for Garrick to do aside from get a, a lot of these little great one-liner scenes out. Like, you know, the root beer scene and the... Oh, the next to Gull to Cut scene. Did you did you have a chill go down from, like, your sp- tip of your spine to, like, the base of your toes? No. Strike that, reverse it. I figured you would with him and Garrett, him and Gal Dukat side by side. Uh, I, I, I'm not interested in fucking Garrick, really, so... Oh, fair enough. But what about I mean, Garrick fucking Gal Dukat? I don't know if Gal Dukat would allow people. that. Fair enough. I, uh, I did like Gal Dukat saying, you know, uh, just make sure you're pointing that thing at a Klingon when you fire it. Hmm... I don't remember what Garrick says as a response, but it felt really stilted and weird, and I remember thinking, like, he couldn't get a better take on that. Yeah, I don't remember either. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of felt that that scene was a little forced. And I, like, I think it's to remind us Garrick is still here. Like, I also yeah. didn't understand, like, maybe it was just because of, like, filming schedule, but, you know, why were Garrick and Ducat alone in this random hallway? Like, well, that was, that yeah. was the room where the council was they were protecting being. the council that's why there were a couple of starfleet security guys there too i mean don't you just, you just lock the door 
That yeah, you lock the door, you get work. security people. Klingons will Put smash through Put a force doors. field up. Like, why were there no force fields? Why are the Klingons just running around the station? That's a good question. Because force fields only exist when the plot How do they get it. onto the promenade with guns? Well, I they beamed directly like... in. They didn't go through the um, doors. Oh. If there but were... also, those things only exist when the plot calls for it. If there were force fields during a combat situation like that, though, doesn't it also run the risk of trapping the people who are being protected by the force fields in the room? So if, like, escape was necessary, they might be trapped? I suppose. It's also possible that that part of the power grid was knocked out in the battle. Why didn't Odo just decide to transform into a big net and trap everyone? Mm, that would be question. hysterical. That would yeah, be Odo hysterical. didn't do a lot of shape-shifting. They uh, were spending enough money on the space battle. They couldn't afford CG yeah, as well. Yeah, shape-shifting is expensive. Yeah, well, okay, so that's not... Yeah, so at the beginning of the episode, you know, they open it with the cold open. You know, he's running around the ship, turning into birds. Um, oh. What I thought was interesting is he can make a perfect crow. Mm-hmm. We can't make a fucking Bajoran nose? Come on, man. <laughs> Even a shitty Bajoran nose. Anything. I don't know. Or I was wondering ears. I was wondering during that whole scene, like, so we're doing these surprise drills. Let's prepare just in case we meet a changeling and have to explode it like we did in the mirror universe or something. <laughs> what happens if the Dominion attacks and you're in the middle of a surprise drill and you don't know what's real or not? Ooh. I think they could just come over the radio and say, Drill's over. What if that's part of the drill? Ah! This is not a drill. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it's a it's a ruse. <laughs> I also had another question. So remind me if I brought this up last week or if I just brought it up to Jake last week because I forget time, how time works right now. We can that's... tell changelings apart by if they ble- bleed on the floor or on the table and the goo doesn't turn to changeling goo. Yes. Yeah. Can they also just... Bit. Huh, that would be easier, you'd imagine. Yeah, you don't have to cut your hand, which... Why would you w- fucking cut your hand? You use your hand all the goddamn time. And cut why would you pass around the fucking knife? That that scene really grossed me out. I was like, Here's really, thing, we don't that, even have our own knives? Most folks just use hypospray's. It's the Klingons. They've and, gotta but, be like, all dramatic about everything. Why Cisco and, and Kier... Like, I'd just be like, nope. <laughs> I'm, I'm not fucking cutting a giant gash into my hand. Jesus Christ. I need well, this for masturbating with. Cisco knows that you have to. Oh, Cisco knows that you gotta like you know go toe to toe with the Klingons, and considering her background, I don't think it even just makes Kira blink. Yeah, okay, that's what we do then. It would. That would hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah, oh, yeah. I like, mean, like, I would. Like, it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be like I'm slice a... drip. Would be like slice. Oh, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm not saying I could do it. I definitely have no threshold for pain. It would be like, owie. But yeah, like I've got a little bit of like a like a paper cut on my hand right now, and it's like I can't oh. do anything with this hand now because I have a little paper cut, so it's useless. It would also continue bleeding all over yeah. the place. Like, you'd be gesturing and be, like, squirting blood everywhere. Well, that's when Julian comes in and uses his whoop, whoop, whoop to fix it. This is what happens when Quentin Tarantino uh, directs <laughs> Star yeah. Trek. That's true. Or, uh, like or a Monty Python Wrapping Trek, it up in your shirt and just have this, like, bleeding wad of cloth. Just... <sighs> Fucking okay, the the discussion with uh, Martok starts taking too long, and one of them passes out from blood loss. <laughs> we really have to get this tended to. 
But then you come back from being treated, and he's like, you have to do it again. I don't know if it's really you you left. <laughs> also, it, it really does seem... It seems like one of those security theater things that if you were a changeling, you could easily... Like, all you would have to do is, you know, kill somebody, kill the person you're ever you're trying to replace, absorb their blood, and then just carry their blood around yeah. inside of you, and then when you need... needed to bleed, you just yeah. squirt it out. Yeah, because we uh. see Odo has a communicator on him. Yeah. So he, he does carry things, is the assumption there. Those communicators I mean... are goo-proof, huh? I don't know. Well, it, it, it is a working communicator. That, that's that's a larger, even outside of Star Trek discussion, how much of security is theater? Yeah. Probably most of it. Well, yeah. the fact that they think that this is a foolproof test that they've come up with, and, oh, yeah. you know, they're talking, you know, covert operations behind this supposed uh, test, and, like, it, anyone in 30 seconds could come up with a dozen ways the changelings could defeat it. Yeah. yeah. Especially since they're not like testing the blood for DNA even, you know, they're just testing that it is blood and that it stays liquid. Yeah. Um, you know, like how Martok, you know, they drip blood on the tail Martok and Martok like uh swirled it around with his fingers a little bit to be like, "Oh, mm. yeah, yeah that's it. blood." I was I was honestly waiting for him to lick it. I was like, "Really? <laughs> I was like, please don't. The old please don't do it." Two finger sniff. Why is Worf skeeved out at the idea of being on a ship with a cloaking device? His honor was tingling. <laughs> He's a Klingon. They have cloaking devices on everything. Well, it was specifically a Federation ship. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, that was weird. Yeah, the internet, I, I the internet point, made sure to point out, because everyone on the internet needed to do this, that but Worf was on the, Peg on the uh, Enterprise when they took the Pegasus's cloaking machine. Uh, yeah. So he's lying. But then I realized after that scene, oh, it's a segue so that we can talk about how they're using the cloak. Otherwise, yeah, it wouldn't it have come up. Just, yeah, they, they had to have been a better way to do it. It definitely felt a little strange. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Also, the cloak is just so fucking useless. You know, every time they do the cloak, it's either ineffective or it breaks. Well, it, it worked most of the way there this time. Yeah, it worked until they needed it, really. And, hmm. Well, it also got to have us that that sad scene where they couldn't check for survivors. Oh, that was sad, yeah. There were no survivors. Oh. It's the Klingons. They're not leaving survivors. Yeah, not on purpose. I do love that we get some more Klingon wisdom from Kaelas, and I'm sure this is the old Kaelas and not the current fake Kaelas. Old Testament oh. Kaelas. <laughs> Where, where it's, you know, the, it's, it's not a victory if you sacrifice the Empire or whatever the actual line is. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah. it down. I wish I yeah, would Yeah, it wasn't exactly Confucian in its, uh... Well, uh, no, it's a Klingon. <laughs> it was just, it was just straight up, yeah, don't, don't, don't destroy the thing. Like, it, you'd think it would be like a metaphor, but no, it's just, it's, it's literally what it is. Not a rule of acquisition or anything. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but you'd think it would be like, like... You don't destroy the boat because it sprung a leak or, you know, I don't know. Well, again, it's Klingons, not Klingons, what do you mean it's else. Klingons? They write beautiful love poetry. When they you attack a space station sakes. and it doesn't go according to plan, you should give up and come back later. Yes. At least that's how the saying goes. That's the <laughs> that, was, 
that that was another so wise that K less. I did like maybe it was new K less then, but <laughs> there there was a line I liked where it was like uh, talking about you know some Klingons might consider killing a changeling worthy of song, and he's like, "They kill me, I expect a full opera." Oh yeah, Odo. I like that. Yeah, I did too. Loves opera. I do actually, though, this episode does finally address the seeming uh, contradiction of Klingons and cloaking devices. Nothing is more honorable than victory. Mm. I mean, they're still hypocrites, but they've justified their hypocrisy to themselves. The ends justify the means. Yep. So there there we go. There's the in-world justification for the hypocrisy. They're not denying it's hypocrisy. They're just uh, finally making it make sense. I think it's, we want I think to it's win. fair for the... I think it's fair for there to be a sliding scale of honor. Mm. You know. Worf still drinks his prune juice. He does. Yes. And Quark was really pissed about it. It's probably because booze is more expensive. I guess. Okay, but, okay, so now I have a question, actually, and I've never thought to ask this before, but, like, people who are playing all these games for for money, like, I mean, Jadzia is doing it and such. Where are they getting money? Because they're Starfleet, right? So they're still not getting paid. I, I, re- I think, no, I think that Starfleet people get a stipend that they can spend. I thought that we said that they didn't, though. It, 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 presumably if they are stationed somewhere where money is a necessity, maybe it, yeah, it, the economy of Star Trek is always fucking confusing. Listen, they're, they're Even just making- so, though. They're making crafts and selling them on Etsy on the side. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think just because it's a post-scarcity society and there's no, you know, like, wealth acquisition is not a thing that you do doesn't ne- doesn't negate that there there could be some currency and, you know, uh, that there is still an economy. Yeah, you know, it's like, just... Like you can, yeah. Anyone can eat. You 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 always have food if you want it, if you need it. But if you want to go to the like the best French restaurant, yeah, you got to fork out some, you know, some food, you know, food stamps or whatever. I don't know, whatever, whatever the specific yeah, like, currency is. Pork bucks. Food, food, like people uh, want to believe that it, there isn't any money, but I just I think it, it just. I bet Jadzia is selling pictures of her feet online. <laughs> Do they have spots? You know. All the way down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there must be something. Because, again, it's just like... Yeah, I guess I just, a, There are books on this, too. Well, because I thought that, like, in that episode... There's an episode, I don't remember which episode it is, but they meet, like, past people. And Picard's like, there's no money. Doesn't he literally say there's no money? That Wait, was, was that TNG uh, think, or TOS? I think in Voyage Home, when Kirk is selling his glasses, right? No, I'm not well, thinking he doesn't know that. what That's, He doesn't know if $100 is a lot. Oh. Yeah, no, there yeah, was another one. But he though. does. But but Picard does tell Lily in first contact that there's no money. Mm-hmm. Well, he says the acquisition of wealth is no longer a driving force in our lives. He doesn't specifically say. No, he, I think he does specifically episode, say though, there's no he? money, and she goes, "You mean you don't get paid?" Oh yeah. Um, and then he explains what he means. Yeah, it's a little, yeah, yeah. But there has to be. Well, I mean, something. like we because know there is. We, we know there's gold pressed latinum. It just. But yeah, but like you said, how it how it works with Federation citizens and Starfleet officers is not clear. I'm assuming there's some kind of like food stamps or ration or just like discretionary, you know, script, you know, that you get paid to like go to Ryza with, you know, 
Because just because the Federation doesn't have money doesn't mean that anybody yeah. else. No, doesn't. I know everybody. I know everybody else does. So they Again, have that's, to give that's some totally money clear. To the Ferengi yeah. have it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, that thing. That's that's what the confusing part is. Like in isolation, you could be like, yeah, they don't have money, and you're like, okay. But their constant interaction with other species with money makes it complicated. It also doesn't make like we have like I don't know. There's just certain like the guys that have to. You know, like like when you, how many times did we meet fucking miners in yeah. the original series? And you're like, really? These guys chose this job for the betterment of mankind. Well, I think in the original series, even though they never said it outright, they definitely still had money. Yeah, there was just way too much that pointed to that. Scotty fact. earned his paycheck. Yeah, Kirk said that a lot. You've earned your pay for the week. Now, mm-hmm. admittedly, you could throw it, write that off as like an Figure old expression speech, that yeah. hung around, but. Again, like Jake said, the miners, and there was just such an upset. So much of TOS is was just like fucking mineral rights deals, like an absurd amount of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in the in the Bajorans a couple weeks ago were you know trying to get their export business up and running. So yeah, I mean, there's you know there's definitely barter. Yeah, and that would make sense. You know, I imagine the Federation does a lot of trade with money to societies i think i think what i'm comfortable with would be like like i said you know it's like yeah the necessities are all set you know and nobody really has to work or or earn money to 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 be to survive but if you want you know luxuries there is money and there is ways to get that money yeah it's like there's probably a ubi in the federation but you can get more it's why Picard has a fucking mansion and his uh, his old buddy there, she lives in the fucking desert in a camper, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, that's another whole thing is, like, clearly that that vineyard has been in the family for ages. So then there's a the whole issue of inheritance and what happens when you're inheriting stuff that predates the good times. Like, you still started off with more. I mean, I think it would be just like now. You pay taxes on it, whatever that looks like, and fuck everybody else for not having the better things. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. say that, like, when they were coming up with the, you know, whatever the, the, the law is around that stuff, it was written <laughs> by like, the people that owned the vineyards. We still get to keep our shit, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I have one more note, and that was, damn, Penny Johnson in that dress. Oh, oh the, yeah, the, the first, the first nice. outfit at the date, yeah. Yeah. She looked hot. She's, She's great. She is. I liked. The, I liked the gift exchange between them. Love that <laughs> she got him a baseball cap. The that Pike really City cute. Pioneers. Do we? Do we ever get to see the baseball team, or do we I, only get to see holodeck baseball? I no, genuinely yeah, don't, don't remember. We don't get to see the Pike City Pioneers. Yeah, it's, it's what? Eight, what did she say? Like eight weeks away at full warp. Yeah. She, listen, she Although, promised him dugout seats. I would travel eight weeks at max warp for dugout seats for an unknown I, team. Obviously. I imagine, though, she's talking maximum warp of her freighter, which probably is like five or six. I bet you get there a lot faster at warp eight or nine. Exponentially faster, you might say, even. Yeah. I'm saying, I bet the Defiant could get there in like two weeks. I think Cisco should really just try to start up a baseball league on Bajor. You know, that would, uh, then he would just travel three hours to see a game. What would his I just, I just team don't... be called? The Prophets. <laughs> that's black I just, I just, sacrilege black and I, don't, I don't know enough about 
I don't know. Would would Bajorans be into baseball? It's a hard. It's a hard. Uh... I don't know. It involves orbs. Yep. True. Beating things with sticks. They, they love, love that. They love violence. It's very violent. <laughs> it's not. I mean, no. It's not like hockey or football. I feel like I, somewhere hockey. I read. I don't know how true this mm. is, but somewhere I read that like baseball actually has the most injuries, or at least at one point it had the most injuries because they wear compared to other sports. You know, they don't wear as much protective gear as like hockey or football, but they're still unlike, you know, basketball, which they don't wear protective equipment, but they're not really, you know, shoot, you know, hitting things with bats. Yeah, I was going to say, there's not, there are throwing no really hundred mile per hour balls at each other. What a weird game. It is. And it's big in exactly, what, five countries or something. Mm. Well, apparently it doesn't survive too much into the future. Thank at least. Goodness. No. No, no, Although, come to think of it, though, we really don't hear about any of the other current major sports. Like no, soccer. no, remember, yep, soccer still exists apparently, and people still give a shit. That's um, believable, though, because it's like the whole world. I know, like and it's, it's, so it's easy believable to, it's that at some point too. American style football and baseball go away. Yeah, Star Trek <laughs> baseball. Tangent. I was hoping that um, I keep wanting to say Penny Johnson was her character's name. Uh, Cassidy, Cassidy Yates. Yates. That Yates and Cisco would have just gotten each other chocolates. Like what? Garrick and Bashir do. Oh. oh. <laughs> I was like, why? Also, I, mean, I just really wanted chocolate last night. I was like, oh man, I hope it's fucking chocolate. Oh no, it's a scarf. Fuck that. You can't eat a scarf. I mean, yeah. you can try. I also, I, was gonna say, I didn't realize. Could. It just wouldn't be good. I didn't realize until I noticed it in the credits last night. Cassidy Yates uses the Mortal Kombat spelling of Cassidy. With a K? One S? Yeah. Yeah, with a K. I, I had assumed it was a C, but uh, no, I have a I one of her wrong. on timelines, so I know. Um, also, so, so. on um, before just quickly before Jake wants to move on, I've been following the Dominion Network Television on Facebook. They do different series of little kind of talking head comic things, and their current oh. series is Space Trucker Cassidy Yates, and <laughs> it's, it's it's very it's very cute. It's a little it's a little stereotypical, but she has a pet. Exobot, exo, what are they called? Exocomp. 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 Oh. With, with, big, with big googly eyes, and it's very cute. That's, That's awesome. fucking nice. horrible, though, right? Those things are intelligent. Yeah, yeah. this one's a pet, not a slave. Yeah, but I mean, you know yeah, she makes start- it fix the ship. I think he started out as her sex bot, but... Well, they do what? have multiple attachments. What, like, actually? Yeah. She calls him uh, the, the sexo- sexocomp. Oh. His, name, <laughs> his name is Speed Bump. Whoa, whoa. You know what that means. No. He, he goes fast. Uh, I was going to say, uh, say uh, Tholian Silk, eh? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's from Tholians. So, because so, they're spider Tho- things. So, so that, stuff, web. that thing must be fucking indestructible. Ooh. I'd hope so. Considering the last time they made something with their... Yeah, you've got, you've got to already be stagnant somewhere, though, for them to catch you. So I'm assuming then, that the implication is that the Tholian web is made out of Tholian silk, and that this is, which they, is the same thing. They've been thing. pooping? They've been pooping that, that, Yeah, the on the little Tholian ships that made the Tholian web, is there just someone squirting out that silk to make the web? Um, I'm gonna go with the Tholian web being an energy barrier. Nope, it's made of Tholian silk. Gross. But yes, apparently, it, relations with the Tholians have improved, which is good. We know that they're spider-like. Yes. I like that you wanted to interrupt Ames's actual point about the show 
rather than the 20 minutes of baseball scree. Her point about the show is to talk about Cassidy Yates' dildo, so... That's true. I mean, that's important, though. It's... Listen. <laughs> we gotta have priorities on this show. Baseball and dildos. There's nothing more American than this. <laughs> <laughs> a dildo shaped like a baseball bat. Oh, I'm sure it exists. Why bother with a dildo? Just use a baseball bat. What do you think they use the up until the episode where they have to play baseball? What else do you think they're using the the holodeck baseball simulation for? (laughs) Baseball? Ouch. Yuck. Um killing Lancelot. I hate everything. (laughs) And I yeah, the Lancelot thing was good too, because I'm sure not everybody would understand. Like I think most people know Guinevere and Lancelot, but they might not know enough to be like, oh yeah, and they cheated on King Arthur. Oh, it didn't occur to me that she was probably supposed to be Guinevere. I'm just thinking of the fact that Lancelot's a hornball. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I jumped to the wrong conclusion. No, well, no, assume, you probably jumped yeah, to the right conclusion. I assume conclusion. she was Guinevere, too. If she was Guinevere, then who was Dax? Handmaiden? Lancelot. Arthur. <laughs> who was, uh, That'd be really funny. You were supposed the, to hit Lancelot. Sorceress. <laughs> well, bitch, you were getting handsy. Um, Morgan, Morgan. Morgan Le Fay. Morgan Le Fay, yeah. She could have been or Morgan Le Fay. Morgana, I think, sometimes, too. Only on Darkwing Duck. Caitlin, so anything else? What, are we about- doing? what? That's all. That's all I've got. Yeah, I can't really think of any other major points. You excited for Warf is here though? That's eh, okay. I'll like it better. I think in a better episode because Jake remind Jake. What better? This episode was great. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me explain. Let me explain. Jake said it that uh, the scene between Galdicott and Garrick felt forced. I felt a lot of getting Warf on board felt forced. So I think what I mean is... The reasoning was a little thin. The episode was was good. It was a good episode. I don't think it was a great Michael Dorn slash Worf episode, and I think once he's like settled more into his new place in Star Trek, I think yeah. it'll be better. That's all I mean. Of, I think it was, it was a, a great episode. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot mm. of shoehorning they did. Like the whole, the whole like, oh, let's have the Cardassians be, you know, they have the Datapa Council now. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, let's get Worf on board because, quote... The only way to, like, affect how a Klingon thinks is with another Klingon, end quote. Yeah, that's how it'll work. If you can't beat them, join them, or have them join you, or something. I, Fuck their dicks. I, it, was, it was certainly a better justification than whatever they would have come up with to get the Vulcans to leave uh, it's the a, Federation. It's a better justification than how they get Worf into the TNG movies. True. 100%. Yeah. Where I believe, what was it in, uh, what was it in Insurrection? What the hell are you doing here? Never mind, you're here. I took a left turn at Albuquerque. Fucking happens Fucking every time. Jesus. So now we've, Jesus. now we've, so I've bad. made a Looney Tunes joke. We've talked about cassette tapes and burning no, we CDs. All that got cut. Well, if it didn't get cut, we've confused, if we have any younger listeners, they have no fucking clue what any of this shit is. All right. Thank you for joining us today for episode 181 of A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek Ow. podcast. We'll be back at you next week discussing two more fucking awesome episodes. I have no idea. Of Deep Space Nine. Uh, next week, we'll talk about The Visitor and Hippocratic Oath. That sounds like it's going to be Julian heavy, so I'm giving it 50-50 on actually being good. Sorry, Julian. 2575, let's be real. But if you we like... Got, we've got the best Julian episode come up in a couple of weeks. I am fucking excited. It's okay, though. The Visitor is legit one of the best episodes of the show. So. Is it about Nana? Yeah, she's uh, always the Visitor. Uh, 
Oh yeah, that oh god, that I, I don't think I've Next seen Next week. Since, That's uh, in her writer. You actually can't address her as Nana. You have to call her the visitor always. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it. As I was saying, if you like what you heard and you'd like to hear more, uh, you can check us out on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, or like wherever you found us this time. Like, why do you need me to let you know? But that's where we are. You can subscribe. So as soon as the new episode goes live, you can let you know. And hit that subscribe button. Jake is stroking his camera, which is very disconcerting, and now Chris is doing it too. This is the- I wanna be cool! This is a great gag for an audio medium, guys. You're doing great. And Ames has left. Ames, you can't leave. You need to sign off. I'm still here. Okay, good. If you'd like to find us elsewhere on the web, you can find us on Facebook by searching for To Start a Steer Her By. You can find us on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast. You can also find us on SSHBpodcast.com, which currently just a link to our Tumblr, but whatever. Check it out. There's some good shit there. I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. Nothing is more honorable than victory! Kapla! Kapla! Oh man, someone at work. Oh no, tell me this <laughs> on, is a on, story. Well, on, what's that? Nope. We won't know till we hear Go it. Go ahead. So on, on Slack, uh, there's this this annoying people right and some someone this woman who's not that much older than i am posts in some channel like i'm probably dating myself with this reference but i love it i feel like this project is like the energizer bunny uh is this woman they, they, is this woman single because i'm like meet her. and i'm like this is an annoying person i think so, you're dating yourself by when you say i'm dating myself it's like i don't understand like Aren't there still Energizer yes, Bunny? The Energizer Bunny is not like some obscure ancient meme. I think the main difference now is the batteries <laughs> in his leg instead of his back. So then, like, I, I just I played into it. Oh I, no, I mean, I don't Jake even talk to do I, that. I don't even talk to this person. Oh. I've talked to her maybe once, but I, I I slapped a confused emoji on that thing so <laughs> fucking fast. And then, like, somebody posted a, a like a giphy of the Energizer Bunny. And I like wrote, and I was like, what's that thing? Oh, no, Jake. <laughs> wow. Jake is the gab of our podcast. Do you, you realize that? He's prick. He is. He is.